2: Hidden, a true crime podcast. A forensic psychologist and a journalist explore the hidden motives behind unthinkable crimes while examining our deepest fears along the way. We are waiting for a press conference in Arizona. Lori... Vallow Daybell has been extradited to Arizona. Many of you have seen her new mugshot. So thank you everyone for joining with us while we work to live stream this press conference. We've been in touch with Maricopa County and they've let us know that they will be live streaming it and where it's been a big week for Daybell. This case just keeps going. Does anybody else feel like that? You know. Uh, Lori Vallow, three consecutive life sentences for Tammy Daybell, JJ Vallow, and Tylee Ryan in Idaho. And now she is in Arizona. She has been extradited to face charges for her murdered husband, Charles Vallo. I'll have an update on her extradition as well as a, a couple of interviews that I want to revisit. Did everybody see yesterday's hearing with Chad Daybell? John and I are now going to be discussing for a while the best way to cover the Chad Daybell trial now that we know cameras will be in the courtroom. Oh, they're live guys. They're live.
3: My name is Paul Penzone. I'm a sheriff of Maricopa County in Arizona. Um, we're just going to give you an update on a uh... Story of interest, not just here in Arizona, but I know across the nation. Just after midnight last night, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office deputies booked Lori Vallow into our ITR facility. One count of first-degree murder, one count of premeditated first-degree murder. She was extradited from Pocatello, Idaho, where she was already in the in their Department of Corrections there in custody at one of the prisons. We sent four deputies there by car. Normally we would fly, our extradition team would fly to pick it up, but because of weather conditions we felt that it was um, more predictable and more within our control that if we were going to transport her that we wouldn't have to deal with any kind of um, weather conditions or air travel challenges. So our deputies left on, uh, on the 27th for Idaho, arrived there, stayed for a day to prepare, and brought her back. We sent two extradition deputies, uh, a supervisor, and one deputy from our K nine division, but it's just because she's a female deputy, we want to make sure there was a female accompanying um, suspect Valo in her tra- in her travel back. It was about an 18 hour trip. Uh, in my statement, as you saw, I talked about the fact that we do about 250 plus extraditions every year. So this is not new for them. The, uh, the uniqueness or maybe the circumstances involved in this particular case are very high profile and, and much of the interest of our local and national audience. Um, I don't want to diminish it. It is what we do, as I stated, and we do it very well, whether it is her or any other fugitive who's wanted in the state of Arizona, we're going to facilitate transfer into our custody. So the prosecutor's office can prosecute them effectively. Uh, she had her initial appearance at about 2 a.m. when she was remanded without bond. So the, uh, the case will now be in the hands of the county attorney. While in our custody, at the conclusion of whatever happens with the court case, she will then be returned to Pocatello to their Department of Corrections. Uh, so I want to thank them for their cooperation and facilitation of this also. And I also want to just recognize and express gratitude to our team here, the deputies that uh, spent four days on the road to bring her back safely. Um, we do have a really, really good video for you, which I can't show you right now, but we'll get it to you of i um, bringing her into the jail where you get a good look at the process, the initial process of her custody. So I don't, you know, it's, there's not a whole lot more depth to it than that. I just want to make sure you heard from me the status of it, and I'm happy to answer a few questions if they're related to this case. Sure. No, let's oh, start with I her.
1: was going to say, will she be kept in any sort of segregated situation, or is she going to be in it, just both
3: regularly? In which jail? Yeah, no, that is a good question. She will be, she's she deemed to be high security, so she'll be uh, isolated in, in a high security area, the Australia jail
0: Tell us what goes into a process such as this. You've dealt with high-profile inmates in the past. That's not new, but um, obviously this planning has been going on, I would assume, for some time.
3: It has, and and we wanted to make sure that it was... during my tenure as sheriff, I feel like our focus has always been about being really fundamentally sound and, and less about the bells and whistles and the men and women who put the planning and preparation has took everything into consideration. Like, as I said, um, we had challenging weather conditions. The last thing we wanted to do was try to fly and get stuck in an airport. We're suddenly now Uh, We're in a space where there's a lot of uh, community members and others, and and it takes an extensive period of time. If we're going to travel that road, we need to make sure that we have the appropriate vehicles. As I said, we sent a female deputy to make sure that we had a female deputy accompanying a female inmate. Um, We sent uh, those from our fate detail, and extraditions facilitated this because we're the best at managing any kind of um, transfer of custody or apprehension of of those deemed to be dangerous and make no mistake about it you know sometimes I think we look at a person and judge them by appearance and we go well this is a relatively moderate sized female what kind of a threat can she be um she is as much if not more of a threat to the harm of others as any other dangerous criminal we've had in our custody so we figure out the entire route and map the challenges of where we're going to stay how we make sure that our employees get the rest necessary to come back safely I think it was an 18 hour drive back is that correct about 18 hours yeah so, um, we'll call it a planning an extensive road trip that just happens to include bringing back a dangerous fugitive.
1: But what was her demeanor like
3: while during this process? I just, I understand that she was very sociable the entire trip talked quite a bit. About what? Oh, that's between the deputies, the courts and the prosecutor. Apparently, I don't know that she gave any specific statements related to the investigation, but I just know that they said she was very chatty.
0: Was it you, a, got it. you said it was an 18 hour drive back. Was it, was it nonstop? Did you guys have to stop anywhere to rest or just kind of what is that like when you have to drive someone um, like this across the country?
3: Well, I just know on drives that long. It's usually my family saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But um, I, it's just, you know, I mean, I stop for gas, stop for food, stop for rest stops and make sure that we're being uh, accommodating to the needs of the inmate. Um, but get here as quickly as you can. No without it being a, you know, a danger to, as I said, we had four deputies, so I'm going to presume that they took turns driving, or if not, that they took time to rest, but they got back safely. In this case, we used two four-wheel drive vehicles because we were going to be dealing with uh, potential weather conditions. Um,
0: Obviously, there was a families that were impacted here. Yeah. Just what, what would you like to say to the families that were impacted here now, knowing that there's at least one step closer to... Closure in
3: this case. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I, I mean, if, when I I spent a lot of time working with victims, as you guys know, when I was my uh, former agency, um, all that matters is you know I pray for them that their hearts will, will find a way to to heal as best you can with um, significant loss like this. When it comes to the justice side of the ledger, um, the scales, I don't know that you know successful prosecution with the um, punishment is. I don't think there's anything that occurs in that space that really fills that void. And I don't know that I'm sure some family members feel passionate about it. Others just kind of want to have their own path to overcoming this. Um, So for me, just from one human to another, my heart breaks for them. Anybody who suffered loss at the hands of of an evil person like this. And and I pray that uh, they'll find peace. Two different counts of conspiracy to commit murder? Yeah, on the booking sheet, what I have is murder in the first degree and then murder first degree premeditated. The conspiracy element is more of like a, um, uh, I'm trying to get the correct term, but just you know, it has to do with the process and how it was played out with others and everything. But at the end of the day, she's in for two counts of first degree murder, one premeditated. All right, again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. I appreciate your guys' time. Um, Gratitude to our office and the men and women do exceptional work every day. God bless.
2: I am trying to pull up right now. I think it would be really good to go over her charges in Arizona. First degree murder, premeditated first degree murder. Another very interesting thing about her charges is that they're her charges and not Chad's in Idaho. They're co-conspirators. Chad was not charged in Arizona. And that's, that's another reason I thought I wanted to bring up the charging documents. If you guys can stay with me here during this live while I try to pull them up because, uh, it's, it does mention Chad. Chad is at the very end of the charging documents, the probable cause when she's charged in Charles Vallow's murder, her husband's murder. It happened on July 11th, 2019. And it states that they were choosing not to charge Chad because they didn't know if they could get a conviction or they had enough evidence. It seems like it was a cautious, decision on their part. But I I will tell you though, after sitting in the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, I felt that there was a lot of evidence that showed how united Chad and Lori were in the death of Charles. And we've heard a lot of evidence. Melanie Gibb, Lori Vallow's best friend, no matter her, your opinion of her, she is an excellent witness and was there for their entire relationship, even the day Lori and Chad met. And Melanie Gibb, one story she sticks to, she doesn't stick to every story, but this story she sticks to, that it was Chad that told Lori that her husband, Charles Vala was now a zombie. And it was Chad that called the shots at all of these castings that were taking place. Castings, also known as exorcisms. they This group called them castings. And it was Chad that they would call after they would all meet with all the women, Audrey, Serena, Melanie Pulowski. Alex was at a couple of them. Melanie Gibb, Zulema, Julie Clement. All these people would meet at these castings, and they would try to get the zombie out of Charles. And after they had this casting, they would then call Chad and ask if it worked, and he would tell them either it did or it didn't. I, I read some evidence yesterday when we finished the hearing of Chad Dable and there was argument about who was who was driving the bus, as they as John Pryor states. I read some July 15th, 2019 text between Chad and Lori. That would be three days after Charles was killed. And Chad says, implies the two bullets in his chest. We have Chad Daybell on a call. Oh, that would be an interesting thing to play here too. I think I have that on hidden true crime. Yes, I do. Where he calls the funeral home, pretending to be Chad DeBell a brother of Charles Vallow. And he's trying to find out how much it would cost to cremate someone or uh, checking in on a mortuary. And it's Chad Daybell calling the funeral home after his death. Chad Daybell is not charged in Charles's death or murder. Only Lori Vallow is, but I don't think he's innocent. One touching thing that Kay and Larry Woodcock always say, and that Kay always says, because it's now been four years four years since Charles was killed and his children, JJ and Tylee, he referred to Tylee as his daughter in, although it's not her biological father, he referred to Tylee as a daughter in body cam footage days before he was killed. But uh, his children, JJ and Tylee were murdered after he was murdered and they have found some justice. His children have found some justice. Before, he has found justice, but Kay Woodcock has always said that Charles would have said, take care of the children first, worry about me later, that that is what Charles would want. And now it is Charles's turn. It feels right that the children have received justice. Tammy has received some justice. More is coming, but now it is Charles's turn for justice. And Charles, I think the most heartbreaking thing about this whole story, this whole Dave El saga is that it was this moment. It was Charles's death where I believe that they were really empowered because they got away with it. And Charles was trying so hard to get people's attention. We have a recording of Melanie Gibbs stating to uh, Sherry Dottle on recorded recorded phone call in January that Charles came crying to her saying, I don't know what to do. Melanie Gibb, I don't know what to do. And she said, ah, I don't know. You know, I didn't know what to tell him that he called the police. We have him stating on body cam footage, they she wants to murder me, and they disregarded him. We have him trying to get his wife help and get a assessment, a psychological assessment, where the police sort of downplay the need for that. His last days are really, really painful to watch, understanding what happened, and to think if they had just held Alex. One more day, too. One day, you know, held him overnight when things were inconsistent, when they realized that Alex hadn't performed CPR, when they realized that Alex had waited 45 minutes before calling 911 and then said he was performing CPR on the 911 call. If only they had held him after learning that one of the bullet shots that went through Charles's chest was through the ground, meaning, he was shot on the ground. There's no self defense in shooting someone once they are down. Just so many things that that, that Lori left the scene to buy flip flops and go to Burger King on July 11th, 2019, and take her son to school because that was that was what concerned her to um, get some Burger King, drop JJ off, and buy some flip flops with Tylee before returning back and giggling with police about how her neighbors probably think she's weird because of what's just happened. It's just, it's about time. May justice, may justice be served for Charles. Yes. They became emboldened more and more with each murder. Very likely squeaky wheel exactly starting with Joseph Ryan. Yeah. I will work to find the charging documents and we'll look at those together and I'll see if I can't find uh, the funeral call as well. Hold on. Stay with me. Here we go. Okay. So I have this. So we'll listen to this. It's a six minute call. And while we listen to this, I'll work to pull up the Patreon document. Chad Daybell calling the funeral home after Charles is killed. It's wild. And this is from um, a public uh, records request. It's Chad Daybell calling the Valley of the Sun mortuary and cemetery shortly after Charles's death, pretending to be Chad DeBell from Iowa. You lose weight. It comes back. You lose it again. It comes back again. And if this cycle sounds familiar, you're not alone. And there is a better way. What if you could take a weekly shot to lose weight and keep it off? That's where Roe comes in. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with lifestyle changes so you can lose weight and keep it off. Roe handles it all, even insurance paperwork. If eligible, you have access to a provider on demand. You can sign up online from home no doctor's visits. Average weight loss, get this, 15 to 20% in a year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria do apply. Go to row.co slash hidden. Sign up today and you will pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash hidden. A quick word from our sponsor. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and I want to tell you about a very special book. It's called mylifeinabook.com. It's a service that also turns your mom's life stories into a book. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom a question via email, and then your mom types her responses or record her voice, and mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, her adventures, her strength, and perseverance after losing John's mom just a few months ago. Sharing her stories helps us keep her memory alive. And so we've gifted mylifeinabook.com to family members. My dad is legally blind and typing can be tedious when you can't see, but my dad can actually record his answers with voice. And mylifeinabook.com transcribes his audio. It's been an enjoyable thing for my dad to tell his stories, and his book is almost done. I don't think there is any gift that matters more than preserving our stories. Stories change us and teach us about what we value most. This service now puts our stories into the most beautiful, high-quality book. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code HIDDENTRUECRIME at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code HIDDENTRUECRIME for 10% off today. While Chad Dable's attorney complains of Tammy Dable going through menopause in the courtroom, most women can relate to her experience. Many of us know it can be hard to find comfort in our own bodies, experience cravings or depression, but Hormone Harmony is an all in one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code HIDDENTRUECRIME at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code HIDDENTRUECRIME for 15% off today.
4: Um, we just had our death in the family, and we really don't want anything but a cremation and then to send the cremains to a family in Louisiana. It's just a simple, no, nothing other than a cremation and sending him to the family for a service in Louisiana. So is there any way to know a ballpark price on that?
5: Yes, and I'm sorry for the law.
6: Um,
5: thank okay. you. Okay, let me transfer you over to a director who can assist you with the Uh, What is uh, your name, please? It, you?
6: it is Chad Daybell. How do you spell the last name, please? D-A-B-A-L Daybell.
5: How are you related to the person of
6: I'm his nephew.
5: And then also, this is for the Valley of the Sons and Chandler, trip. Yes.
6: Thank
5: you. Yes,
4: she okay. lives there in Chandler. I live in Iowa, so i just oh. trying to help
5: out. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, Alan, mm-hmm. um, um, your uncle's name for reference, please.
6: He is John Sable. last name. L-C-A-D-A-L. Well, okay. name. John.
5: Uh huh. Do you have a middle name? Myron. M-Y-R-O-N? Yeah. And Sam, what is your phone number in case you get disconnected?
4: Yes, this number
6: 515. I don't actually
5: know my
6: own name. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, something like real quick.
5: Thank you. Uh-huh.
6: Thank you. Is he at a nursing home, hospital, or a resident? He passed away in a hospital. I don't know the
4: details. Oh, I'm just it's,
5: <laughs> yeah, it's just for, um, to know, because sometimes it's different if it's a residential or hospital um, or a nursing home.
4: I'm okay. thinking they're spending into the medical examiner.
6: I'm not sure. I should have had more information before I called. i oh, that's okay.
5: Right cremation
6: with shipping to which dumps? Which which city? New mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay.
5: Okay. One moment, please. i stay on the line. Let me uh, okay. transfer you over to the director who can assist you with that. All right. Thank
4: you. Thank
5: you. Hello, Chad. Yeah. Thank you for holding. I do have to direct your callista to further assist you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. My <laughs> yeah. female you know, director would like to my cemetery. I understand Thank that your you. uncle passed away.
4: Yes, and I and am I'm just starting the process for the family. He didn't have many relatives. i his nephew. I live in Iowa. Um, but what I'm they want to, to do, is just, it's yeah, it's sad to see him go. You know, I think he's going to the medical examiner. I don't know all the details, but what the family basically wants is just to have him cremated there in Chandler, and then shipped have the cremated shipped to New Orleans, okay. and we'll up the service later. <laughs> So just
5: trying to get a ballpark price. Okay, um, so for incredibly, um, we are able to do our commission for one thousand six hundred and ninety-five dollars. Now what that's gonna include is the transportation into our care, the transportation to and from our crematory, our basic mm-hmm. professional fees as well as our um, crematory fee. Now there's gonna be a couple other charges there for you. Um okay. So we are going to have um death certificates which are twenty dollars a piece with the processing fee.
6: Okay.
5: Fifteen dollars permit fee. Right. And then we're able to do that transfer um,
4: through the mail for you and not the $150 fee for you. Okay. Meaning like okay. the EPS or something, I guess. <laughs> mm. Okay. So close, to about 2000 probably, kind of a ballpark guess. Yeah. Close
5: to,
4: yeah. Okay. Well, that helps me a lot. I, I'm going to call one or two others, but I'll get back to you if we come that direction. Thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome. I need anything else
5: in your call. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So there you go. Agreed, Gina. It's, it's shocking, isn't it? All right. So I did find the docs. We'll start reading them together. I just want to say this too. There is so much in this case. We all need reminders to be updated, right? So much has come down in this case in the last four years. It is time we revisit what Lori Vallow Daybell did to Charles Vallow and the evidence behind her charges. Let's do this. Why do so many dogs suffer from health issues? It turns out that actress Katherine Heigl, who helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says that she is seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she discovered is that the way many dogs' foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She has made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing and see incredible changes in their dog's health. Look, John and I are dog lovers and are currently searching for the perfect family addition and how to keep them healthy and happy. So if we can help keep your best friend healthy too, we are happy. Go to BadlandFood.com dot com slash hidden true crime and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash hidden true crime. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? Feeling like styles have changed so much. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion. I signed up, I took a style quiz and they offered suggestions that would best match me. The more I rent, the more on point the styles get. Whether you are planning a date night, packing for a conference or headed to a black tie event, you will have the perfect outfit without facing a fitting room with fluorescent lights. With my Armoire clothing rental, I feel brave trying new styles because I know it's not forever. It's just for a week or a month. And my favorite thing, having someone else do my laundry when I'm ready for new clothes. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash hidden true crime. That's armoire.style slash A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash hidden true crime to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Synopsis here, it, here are the charging docs for Charles Vallow. The reason that Lori Vallow Daybell has been extradited to Arizona on 7 11 2019 at 8 30 AM, the Chandler De- police department was called to the address of South Four peaks place in Chandler, referring, referencing a shooting, the caller who identified himself as Alex Cox, indicated that he had shot his brother-in-law, Charles Vallow, in self-defense. As a result, a homicide investigation took place, and all the pertinent parties of the incident were interviewed. The scene was also processed and analyzed based on these interviews. At the conclusion of the investigation on 7-11-2019, there was concern about a potential bullet strike on the ground near Charles Vallow's body. There was also concern regarding a timeline of events that came to light in the days following the homicide. None of these concerns would immediately provide probable cause for the arrest of anyone present at the time of the murder and more investigation was necessary. In the weeks following the murder of Charles Vallow, investigators learned that Charles and Lori were experiencing turmoil in their marriage. As a result, Charles moved Lori into the residence on Four Peaks Place with Lori's daughter, Tylee Ryan, and their adoptive son, J.J. Vallow, who was diagnosed with autism. Charles Vallo remained in Texas and came into town to visit on 7-10-2019. When looking into the relationship between Lori and Charles, it was learned that Lori had accused Charles of infidelity, which led to their separation. It was also learned that during the uncertainty of their relationship, Lori left JJ with Charles and disappeared for over two months. It was also learned that Charles was concerned for Lori's mental health, as she had begun to express that she was selected to prepare 144,000 people for the end of the world. Concerned for her well being and that of the children, Charles filed a mental health petition asking for a mental health evaluation. In this petition, Charles talked about how Laurie had told him that he was possessed by a dark spirit by the name of Ned Schneider. Laurie would even refer to Charles in conversation and documents by the name of Ned. This turmoil in the relationship can be substantiated through police reports, court orders, police body cam footage, cell phone records, and witness testimony. On 10-3-2019, the Chandler Police Department learned of an attempted murder of Brandon Boudreaux. On 10-2-2019, it was reported that someone shot at Brandon when he ar- was arriving home while he was exiting his vehicle in front of his Gilbert residence. He indicated that the shot was fired from the back of a Jeep Wrangler parked down the street from his residence, suspected that the shooter was possibly Alex Cox. Brandon further reported that Lori Vallow was to blame for his impending divorce from his wife, Melanie Boudreau, the niece of Lori Vallow. Brandon then provided authorities with insight into the extreme religious beliefs of Lori Vallow and Alex Cox. Brandon suspected that these beliefs led him to lose his wife and also led to the murder of Charles Vallow while continuing to investigate the murder of Charles Vallow redacted the grandmother of JJ Vallow. We know this is Kay Woodcock, Uh, Chad and Lori referred to Kay Woodcock as Rhonda, her zombie name, but we know that this is Kay Vallow. Well, or Kay Woodcock, Kay Vallow Woodcock. While continuing to investigate the murder of Charles Vallow, Kay Woodcock, grandmother of J.J. Vallow, contacted Detective Moffitt and was concerned about J.J. She indicated that she had not heard from J.J. and that Lori was not allowing him to call or video message her and her husband. It was discovered that Lori had relocated to Rexburg, Idaho with Alex Cox. Idaho authorities were asked to conduct a welfare check on J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. During this welfare check in November of 2019, Lori indicated that the kids were staying with Melanie Gibb in Arizona. Investigators contacted Gibb and determined that this was not the case. Lori also told another witness that JJ and Tylee went to stay with Redacted. This was obviously not the case either. During this time, investigators learned that Lori Vallow had married Chad Daybell, who was a resident in Rexburg, Idaho, Strangely, Chad's wife, Tammy Daybell, died in her sleep on 10-19-2019. Lori and Chad would marry within a month of Tammy's passing. As a result, investigators from the Chandler Police Department, Gilbert Police Department, Rexburg Police Department, Fremont County Sheriff's Office, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations began to cooperate efforts to locate J.J. and Tylee and also investigate the respective cases within their jurisdiction. This coordinated effort consisted of numerous search warrants on telephone records, social media accounts, bank records, medical records, email accounts, residents, and seized electronic devices. As a result of the data recovered, it was believed that none of them mentioned crimes were coincidence or justifiable specifically to Chandler. The evidence showed that Charles's death was a planned event and necessary to prevent Charles and others from confronting Lori about her extreme religious beliefs when he came to town on 7-11-2019. The death of Charles Vallow was also necessary in order for Chad Dabel and Lori Vallow to marry and fulfill their religious prophecy. It was discovered that Lori Vallow believed she was an exalted goddess and she and Chad were directed to lead 144,000 people in preparing for the end of the world. Through this investigation, many witnesses came forward and provided insight into the belief system. Using these interviews and the data gathered from the above mentioned warrants, several others who shared Lori and Chad's belief system were identified. Those pertinent to the investigation were identified. It was discovered that Lori and Chad believed that they had extraordinary abilities. Some of these abilities included the power to teleport and cause harm to others, the ability to call upon natural disasters, the ability to pray away demonic spirits attached to others and also visionary capabilities because of these abilities provided to them. They felt that they were qualified to tell whether someone had a light or dark scale associated with them. This scale would indicate whether or not they had demonic spirits attached to them. Lori and Chad would often refer to these dark spirits by actual name, by a certain level of spirit or by using the term zombies. Lori and Chad, also shared a trust level in referring to others. In examining the data, these dark scales were attached to Brandon, Charles, JJ, and Tylee. Many others were also provided with dark and light scales. Coincidentally, if you shared their belief system, your score was favorable. And if you offered any opposition to their belief or their destiny, you were seen as possessed. In reviewing the documents collected by the agencies involved, the following would show that Lori and Alex conspired to murder Charles Vallow on 7-11-2019. The first evidence to cause harm to Charles Vallow was discovered in text messages between Redacted and Lori Vallow on 11 3 Redacted is a friend of Lori Vallow's and also the widow of Alex Cox. Now we know that that is Zulema Pestanis. Zulema's cell number was seized and data extracted by the Gilbert Police Department after the death of her husband Alex Cox. On 11/3/2018 at 14:40 hours, Zulema Pastenis tells Lori that she was told by God that she is to protect Lori. In January of 2019, Zulema told Lori that she had a vision that she could create storms and fires and will have the eye of the Lord. On February 6, 2019, Lori texted Zulema telling her that Charles was blocking her gifts from this point forward. There is specific conversation to cause harm to Charles Vallow, who has been referred to as a dark spirit called Iplos or Ned through text messages between Lori and Charles that were seen on Charles's phone. Lori would return to Texas on June 3rd, 2019. That's where Charles was living or staying as they were separated. On June 3rd, 2019, Lori to Redacted, just got home and got JJ to sleep. Let's go spiritual tonight and work on him. We give the timing to the Lord, but we don't need to relent. This is war. That Redacted name is Zulema Pastenas. On 6th, 19, 2019, Zulema to Lori. Oh, and can you meet me at the temple in the morning? I have time tomorrow and we can work on Iblos. Looking at Lori Vallow's web history, I saw the web search was conducted on six twenty one 2019 for Social Security Disability. Utilizing the URL attached to this web search, it took me to a Social Security Disability application. The form allowed you to enter the applicant's information to be able to obtain a free benefits evaluation. This search is of importance as it would indicate an inquiry as to the benefits that Lori would be entitled to. In a text message that Lori sent to Chad Daybell on 7-18-2019, one week after Charles was murdered, she indicated the following. So I talked to the insurance company. He changed it in March. So it was probably Ned who did that before we got rid of him. They can't tell me to who the beneficiary has been changed to, of course, but it's done. I'll still get the $4,000 a month from Social Security. Lori would not have known this without completing the online benefit evaluation. Furthermore, the Social Security Administration did not have any contact with Lori until she attended an appointment with them on 8-12-2019 at 1330 hours. This appointment date was located in Lori's iCloud account. It was at this time that Lori was provided with the actual amount of the benefit, which was close to the $4,000 she reported to Chad in July. On June 22nd, 2019, Alex Cox entered the conversation regarding Iplos, or Charles Vallow. On 6-22-2019, Alex started to text redacted from redacted. Through a search warrant this number was identified as belonging to Alex Cox. On June 22, 2019 at 1902 hours, Alex sent redacted a message. Hey redacted, it's Alex. On 6/27/2019, redacted to Lori. Do you think that there is a way to change Eplos to the light? On 6/29/2019, Charles Vallow discovered a fictitious letter that Lori sent to, I assume, Chad Daybell. This letter was written as if it was from Charles Vallow asking Chad Daybell to come to Arizona to assist him with writing a book. This discovery would send everything into action. Charles confronted Lori about the fictitious letter, accusing her of writing a letter so Chad Daybell could provide a reason to his wife, to come to Arizona to visit Lori. Charles asked Lori to come clean about her relationship with Chad Daybell by the end of the day, or he would contact Tamara or Tammy Daybell and inform her of her relationship. Following the discovery of the letter, Charles Vallow began talking to Adam Cox, Lori and Alex's brother, about his discovery as well as Lori's radical beliefs. The two, Adam and Charles, then communicated with each other to plan an intervention on or around 7-10-2019. Charles had arranged to come to Arizona and also arranged travel for Adam Cox. During this time, Lori and Chad continued to message about Charles, a.k.a. Iplos, and they did that with Zulema. There is no obvious communication found between Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell to show that he was directly involved with the planning of Charles Vallow's murder. Lori found out about Adam coming to town through her mother and redacted. Lori found out about the potential intervention on 7-9-2019. She reached out to Alex Cox, Redacted and redacted to warn them of the elaborate plan that redacted and Charles had, that Adam and Charles had. Adam and his son, Zach, were picked up at the airport on 7-10-2019 by Lori's mother. Redacted provided Lori with updates. That is summer, by the way. So let let me share that. Summer provided Lori with updates regarding Adam's whereabouts and asked Lori if she wanted to run interference. Lori told Summer that she was trying to figure it out. In text messages found on the iCloud, Summer asks Lori if she wanted to have their mother do a preemptive strike and confront Adam. Redacted told their mother no and asked that she just collect information. Based on the text messages that were located, it was apparent that they were trying to keep Adam away from Alex and come up with a plan of their own. Lori told her sister that she was headed to Alex's house on 7-10-2019 at 1558 hours. During this time, she continued to message Charles and never once confronted him about her knowing that something was planned. Lori reached out to Redacted, this is Melanie Boudreau, and convinced Melanie to cancel a trip to Utah for a wedding telling her, in quotes, you can't go at all. We both need to stay here to defend ourselves. Lori added, it is coming to a head. This week will change everything, end quote. Lori would also tell Alex, quote, getting sleepy, so I'm going to need you to stay close to me in the next couple of days. Mel, too. She cannot go to Utah. They are planning some kind of intervention, but want redacted out of the way, so I'm left alone. I need to come get the stuff at your house tomorrow and secure it. Lots to do. Thank you for standing by me. It is all coming to a head this week. I will be like Nephi, I am told. And so will you. Heart emoji, end quote. On 7-11-2019, Charles Vallow at 7-35 in the morning arrived at the South Four Peaks place to pick up JJ. When he arrived, he texted Adam Cox telling him that Alex was there. Adam told Charles that they were planning something and Charles stated. Absolutely. Adam indicated that he was supposed to spend the night with Alex, but Lori probably blocked this. Following the murder of Charles Vallo, Lori took his rental car and cellular phone. The GPS data associated with the phone indicated that the phone left the residence at 7:49 hours. Lori then went to Burger King to get food for JJ, Walgreens to get flip-flops for her and Tylee, and finally returned home at 8.48 hours. Alex Cox would not call 911 until 8.32 hours to report the shooting. When reporting the incident, Alex indicated that it had just happened. He was provided with CPR instructions, and he acted as if he was performing life-saving measures on Charles. It was not until emergency personnel began life-saving measures that they saw blood coming from Charles's body. This would indicate that Alex performed no emergency aid. Based on this timeline, Charles would have laid dead or dying for approximately 43 minutes before Alex called 911. During this time, phone records indicate that Alex called Lori. Lori, Tylee, and Alex told investigators about a physical altercation that was started by Charles. During this altercation, Lori left the residence with Tylee and JJ. As they were leaving, Tylee and Lori reported hearing a gunshot. Based on this investigation, it has been proven how valuable that Alex Cox was to Lori. His mission on this earth was to protect his sister. The shot into Charles's body as he laid on the floor and delayed a 911 calling would also validate their desire for him to die. In addition, Lori told police that Alex was asked to stay at her house to protect her from Charles when he arrived on 7-11-2020. Alex denied this and stated that he stayed at the house because they were going to a water park or go shooting on 7-11-2020. As part of this investigation, Alex performed a walkthrough for investigators. Alex indicated that Charles was coming at him. He shot him twice in the chest while Charles was standing. Trajectory at autopsy discovered that one of these shots would be consistent with this statement. The shot would have gone through Charles and ended up in the baseboard. However, the second shot entered below Charles's rib cage and exited through his upper left shoulder, causing a short wound and defect in the flooring where Charles was found. This angle would indicate that Charles was already lying on the floor when the second shot was fired. After the murder of Charles Vallow, additional text messages and emails were located that would indicate the murder was intentional and according to a master plan. One of these messages was sent to Lori from Chad Daybell. The message read, in quotes, from Chad, Quote, I got the inspiration to go back to my original death percentages that helped us track Charles, Ned, etc. Tammy is very close. Her percentage has fallen steadily since Iplos e left. It is encouraging, exclamation point. Heart emoji, kissy face emoji, end quote. Messages on Redacted's phone would also show the intentionality of the murder of Charles Vallow. On 7-Eleven, I believe that this is Zulema, Zulema to Lori, as I was working on Eplos today in the temple, I was told, in quotes, that he, was, he will be taken as he is. I don't know what that means. Then I was shown to only put light, the brightest light, from the top and the bottom at the same time, meeting in the middle. So I have been doing that all day. Redacted to redacted. Oh, okay. Eplos is gone. It was a Nephi and Laban ending. So let me go back. I know who that is now. This is Julie Clements. She was another friend of this group that would do, that would, uh, Zulema's good friend that would, was part of the castings. So on 7-12-2019, I believe it's Zulema writing Julie Clements. Oh, okay. Iplos is gone. It was a Nephi and Laban ending. A very damning quote, because in the book of Mormon, Nephi is a righteous prophet who is ordered by God. To kill Laban. The scripture goes, it is better for one man to perish than a nation dwindle in unbelief. So Zulema to Julie Clement states, Iplos is gone. It was a Nephi and Laban ending. I will tell you more when I see you in person or when you see Lori in person. I'm leaving for Chile on Monday for two weeks. End quote. On 7-12-2019, Zulema to Julie, right? Question mark, I'm just happy it's over, end quote. According to Mormon doctrine, Nephi is a prophet in the Book of Mormon and is commanded by his father Lehi to return to Jerusalem to obtain brass plates that contain genealogy records from Laban. Nephi and his two brothers, Laman and Lemuel, return to Jerusalem. When Laman attempts to get the plates from Laban, he is chased off in fear of his life as Laban says he will slay him. They return later to Laban with all of their valuables and are once again chased off. Nephi later goes to Laban's house to find him passed out drunk. Nephi is commanded to slay Laban as he was delivered into Nephi's hands. Nephi uses Laban's own sword to kill Laban. The story is found in the Book of Mormon, 1 Nephi, chapters 3-4. through four. Through interviews conducted with Redacted and Redacted, the belief system regarding Dark spirits and zombies was revealed. Both witnesses were in direct communication with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and were being provided instructions regarding their missions to prepare for the second coming of Christ. Both indicated that they were told long before 7-Eleven-2019 that Charles had died and his body was taken over by an evil spirit. Both witnesses gathered with Lori Vallow prior to 7-11-2019 to try and pray the spirits out of the body of Charles's spirit so he would no longer be in limbo. When Lori found out about Charles and Adam and they were coming into town, she believed that they were going to kill her for her life insurance money. On 7-9-2019, Lori reached out to Redacted for help. Lori told Redacted in a text message that she needed to speak to her ASAP. Redacted replied, and Lori indicated that she was on the phone trying to figure out what to do. Lori then asked for the assistance of Redacted and Alex Cox to stand by her side for protection. This was when Lori made the comment about being told she was going to be like Nephi. Redacted and Redacted have both included that Lori got her her advice and direction from Chad Daybell. When giving instructions, Redacted stated that Lori would always say, in quotes, I have been told, end quote. Messages identified above have indicated that Chad Daybell was aware of the work with zombies and specifically the work that Redacted and Lori were doing on Charles prior to 7-11-2019. Based on the above synopsis and other facts gathered in the case, it is recommended that Lori Vallow be charged with conspiracy to commit murder for the death of her husband, Charles Vallo on 7-11-2019. And that is now what Lori Vallow Dayball is facing in Arizona. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you're interested in the thousands of pages of documents like the one I just read, we have everything from Chandler, Arizona, from Gilbert, Arizona, Brandon Boudreaux's, a uh, attempted murder, uh, all in our Patreon account, patreon.com slash hidden to crime. And John, my husband had a, his book club yesterday, and we will have that up as well uh, for those that are book club members and those that missed the book club last night. All right, everyone. See you. Have a great day. Hello, hidden gems. It's Lauren with hidden a true crime podcast. As a TV reporter, I learned the art of visual storytelling. So if you're like me, you enjoy listening, but also viewing, you can actually head to our YouTube channel, hidden true crime to watch these interviews. Hit the subscribe button for surprise lives and breaking news. And for exclusive content, things Dr. John and I only dare say behind a paywall, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash hidden true crime. You'll find bonus episodes, early releases, and insider info. Thank you for your endless support.